This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. I'm Mike Brown, author, nerd, and host of the Dark Poutine podcast. Join me and Morgan Knudsen, author, paranormal researcher, and host of the TV shows Paranormal 911 and Haunted Hospitals, as we take you on a journey for the curious about the unseen, the mysterious, and the incredible things happening in the world about us. Welcome to Supernatural Circumstances. Have you ever been out for a walk, alone, on what appears to be an empty street, and then gotten the distinct feeling that something or someone unseen is watching you, or worse yet, stalking you? Perhaps you turn just in time to see a vaguely human-shaped black wisp disappear behind a tree or line of shrubs just out of your peripheral vision. Parapsychologists have referred to these supposed entities as shadow people. Natalia Kuna an intuitive and healer, describes shadow people on her website as, quote, dark, inorganic, phantom-like bipedal figures that look just like a dark black shadow of a figure, but don't seem to quite have full human form or facial or bodily delineation. They feel very masculine and oppressive and like something that is beyond human and out of our scope of understanding, end quote. Cultures have been telling stories of shadow people for eons, often explaining their presence through the lens of their particular cultures, including their religious beliefs. The Quran, for example, has stories of pitch-black entities with human-like shapes, called jinn, that were created from fire. These things were neither purely spiritual or physical in nature, but something in between. It's arguable whether or not the star of this week's episode the Hat Man, is one of these shadow people. Some people believe it is, but others think Hat Man is something even more sinister, able to interact directly with humanity, manipulating our reality for his own evil purposes. First in this episode, Morgan will give us a brief description of the Hat Man and a bit of his history. Later, we will hear from our guest, Heidi Hollis. From her website, HeidiHollis.com, she is the first author to write about the topic of shadow people and the hat man, giving them both their descriptive names to describe these dark menaces now interrupting lives around the globe. Heidi Hollis is the first to have taken them on in her book, The Secret War, which details her personal story in dealing with shadow people and how positive and negative alien beings are connected to them. Heidi Hollis has been featured on various television and radio programs around the world. Most notably, she's appeared on The Unexplained Files, Beyond Belief, The Science Channel, TBS, Sci-Fi Channel, Steven Spielberg's Taken Tour, Strange Evidence, several appearances on Coast to Coast AM with George Nuri, Telemundo, Discovery Channel's Mystery Hunters, and a cast member of the Discovery Channel pilot-slash-series, Exops. And most recently, Heidi appeared on the popular History Channel show, Ancient Aliens. Also, you can check out her podcast, Dark Becomes Light, wherever you listen to podcasts. Here's Morgan to tell us about the Hat Man. We have all heard of the vulnerability and unreliability of witness testimony and it's no different with the paranormal. Human memory is valuable and can be manipulated, so it can be crucial to have people experiencing the phenomenon to keep a journal. As soon as they experience an incident, it's valuable to everyone if they write it down as soon as possible. This, however, doesn't help in cases of collaborative testimony. When people begin sharing experiences, memories begin to change and can be flipped around fairly easily. 
especially if a bunch of people are sharing their version of a story or even asking suggestive questions. Someone who starts out with a story about keys moving across a countertop can eventually be manipulated into believing a countertop was a table or a couch or a set of keys being thrown versus sliding along a surface. Perhaps one of the most widely reported testimonies, which is becoming difficult to overlook, is the phenomenon of what author and researcher Heidi Hollis calls the hat man. The first time I had ever heard of this strange character was back in 2007 or so, where my colleague, medium Matt Spiran, reported seeing the vivid imagery of a strange black entity, similar to a two-dimensional shadow with a wide-brimmed hat. He was wide awake at the time and had no context for the strange experience whatsoever. Little did I know at the time, this was a widespread report, and Matt was not alone in seeing this bizarre apparition, if that is indeed what it was. So what or who is the hat man? Witnesses describe the hat man as donning either a tap hat or a fedora and wearing a jacket with long tails or hem like a trench coat. He's been reported to stand between six to 10 feet tall with some witnesses reporting glowing red eyes while others attest that he is made only of shadow with no distinguishable facial features whatsoever. Several accounts reference a gold pocket watch on a chain, which it's said he glances at from time to time. The entity has stalked human beings throughout history not merely within a particular society or during a specific time, says Shelley Adler in her book, Sleep Paralysis, Nightmares, Nocebos, and the Mind-Body Connection. Adler became interested in the way nightmares differ across cultures after reading about the unusual nocturnal deaths of several ethnic refugees from Laos who had emigrated to the United States. From the late 1970s to the early 1980s, 18 otherwise healthy Laotian men who had moved to the U.S. died suddenly in their sleep within a four-year period. Ten years after that, nearly 100 board deaths followed, all with similar symptoms and including the Hatman vision prior to the death. After interviewing the Laotian people about their encounters and in attempts to rule out a number of medical syndromes such as Brugada syndrome, otherwise known as nightmare syndrome, all testified to experiencing common nightmares, which featured a figure they called Dab Sog, a malevolent energy that came to them in the night, sitting or compressing the victim's chest in attempts to suffocate them. Adler discovered that all were familiar with this entity and 50% of them said that they had experienced an encounter themselves. The Canadian Inuit, as well as the Japanese, reported the same phenomenon, but all with different names, all describing the same hatted figure. In the field of sleep research, this experience is termed sleep paralysis. An individual in the process of falling asleep or awakening finds himself or herself completely awake, but unable to move or speak. Frequently, he or she sees a shadowy or indistinct shape approaching and becomes increasingly terrified, Adler writes. When I sat and thought about the hat man, the thing that came to my mind was Freddy Krueger from the film A Nightmare on Elm Street, said Christopher French, a psychology professor at Goldsmiths University of London. This notion that you can be attacked when you're asleep, that's when you're vulnerable. And of course, Krueger wears a hat. But what about the cultures who have no access to American horror films and such characters? Environmental suggestion is always something we have to keep in mind as investigators, and paying attention to the client's daily influences is key. Are the apparitions reflective of things they've seen in their environment? Pay attention. Some people are far more suggestive than others, but what someone is reading or immersing themselves in is really important to understand. If they are consuming plenty of material that may get them seeing ghosts around every corner, that's a clue. Children are especially important when it comes to the concept of suggestion because children take cues from their parents and not just through what they say, through their energy as well. If a parent is nervous, frightened, upset, or angry, kids are like sponges and will absorb whatever the parent has going on emotionally. If you're nervous or frightened, I guarantee your kid is too. 
We all know how creative children's imaginations are. That's why so many cultures tell stories of boogeymen to keep kids in line. What we don't want to do is influence them in a way where they begin to see ghosts around every corner, when in reality, it's simply a product of mum or dad's anxiety. Suggestibility can send a household down a rabbit hole of problems, especially with adults who begin to use their children's suggested fancies as confirmation for their belief that the home is haunted. So what of Matt's encounter, who was wide awake to see the figure appear and disappear before him? Surprisingly, vivid imagery can be observed just as one is falling asleep, hypnagogic, or waking up, hypnopompic. These stages have been well-documented ever since the development and invention of the EEG and other brain activity monitoring equipment. It was believed that dreams only occurred in REM sleep, rapid eye movement, but this is actually not the case. Although quantitatively different, non-REM sleep can produce dreams as well, and almost as frequently. These vivid hallucinations can be anything from a full-blown figure to strange stringy lights that don't seem to have a rhyme or reason. My business partner, Stephanie Wirtz herself, had numerous experiences with hypnagogic imagery that appeared as spider-like glowing lights in various colors. Hypnagogia is also a state in which the majority of sleep paralysis occurs. Sleep paralysis is also sometimes accompanied by experiences similar to those reported in the near-death experience and by experiences of psychokinesis or PK. Not many laboratory-controlled experiments have researched ESP in relation to hypnagogia, but those have returned positive results. Interestingly enough, spontaneous psi experiences, such as seeing an apparition or other strange anomalies, are far more common in hypnagogic states, similar to meditation and subliminal perception. In short, experiences reported within the hypnagogic or hypnopompic states shouldn't be written off as false or a trick of the mind right off the bat. Data on spontaneous ESP experiences gathered by Psy researchers indicates that 33 to 68% of independently verified cases occurred while streaming, with an additional 10% occurring during hypnagogia. So it is possible that Hatman is something more. Is it something interdimensional or only perceptible when our minds are the most relaxed? Experiencers of this terrifying apparition say yes, that the hat man simply does not disappear like a hallucination, but rather walks away and out of rooms using doorways like a physical being. They report that the fear, even when the hat man is stationary and absolutely still is real and horrifying giving them anxiety about falling asleep in the anticipation of its return. Many claim they have physically bumped into the entity, feeling form as if they bumped into a physical man. Ufologists wonder if this is in fact an alien encounter, as most accounts of the hat man's sightings report he merely watches them from a doorway, closet, or corner in the same way alien abductees report seeing grey aliens observing them in their rooms before final abduction. No matter what the theory, whether these are interdimensional beings that lead us to question our own very nature and the paradigm through which we perceive the spiritual, or if they are simply a construct of the human mind which plays itself out during horrific bouts of sleep paralysis, the hat man spans all cultures and reaches into the worst nightmares of the men, women, and children it touches, terrifying them for a moment or, at its worst, a lifetime. They invade the shadows and make those who encounter them question everything they thought they knew about the world around them and within them. But as these horrifying encounters continue across the globe, it seems no one is immune from the infamous and haunting legend as its legacy leaves thousands of people a year in the grip of the unknown. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today on Supernatural Circumstances, you know, recovering is such a unique topic that I've branched into every once in a while with with my own studies and I I keep running into it. And that is the bizarre and really kind of twisted phenomenon of the hat man. And Heidi, we are so glad to have you because your research has gone far beyond what mine has uh and probably what mike's reading has as well um so welcome thank you <laughs> kindly yeah um hatman is is the worst of the worst and uh yeah <laughs> coined the term yeah. i'm just making my parents proud you know <laughs> uh, tell, tell the audience a little bit about you because you've done so much work um, a lot of people will know you from things like the CW and ancient aliens and things like that. But but mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, gosh, I grew up in a haunted house. Um, that I think a lot of people start off that way in this lovely field, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it wasn't anything fun or cool or adventurous. It was terror. And oh, man, how can we deal with this? So my siblings and I, we actually dealt with it by um, watching horror movies because at least it gave us some reference. And for people, even if it was uh, fiction, they had an idea of the possibilities, you know, because it it was like therapeutic for us. So um, my parents... built a brand new house to get away from the haunting <laughs> you know I figured that will solve it nobody's ever lived here before and um, for myself it turned into um, I started having out-of-body experiences uh, poltergeist experiences only experienced by myself and um, and my sisters and I we actually started sharing the same dreams not like they're kind of similar like we were in them together and um, wow. it took years to realize what the heck you know what was that about um moved to the dorms uh had a girl that committed suicide was hanging around and others saw her it was it was just crazy so it and and as a teenager uh, you know walking around i lived kind of in the boonies uh, strange lights would follow and um you know i just had this inkling that something was bizarre going on and um in my life it just like it just can't be i have just bad luck <laughs> you know i like why am i tripping up into all these things and um and then i also had angelic encounters uh i had alien encounters not not abductions um but like correspondence communication it was you know so much stuff um and you know i i was still in college got a roommate and um started experiencing i had experienced uh something i was calling shadow people uh for years prior to having this roommate move in right and uh i call these things shadow people uh you know the shape-shifting types uh the ones that look like clouds the one that look like different um forms and whatever yeah yeah yeah. Uh, and uh and then you know having that roommate move in in comes this other thing and it was what i called the hat man um i'm the first person that apparently to ever uh name define discover and now trademark two paranormal phenomena so it's it's been a crazy ride (laughs) that's me in a nutshell (laughs) oh wow so where did this phenomenon start in in terms of uh what you've discovered you know is there a beginning to it can we trace it back to a a culture a location what have you discovered in in that regard he's not from here (laughs) he's not from here he's he is literally uh off planet he is not from here and it's like you know a lot of people don't understand this combining of the paranormal versus ufo stuff or alien beings and it's like gosh, they're seen right alongside each other. I don't know why, <laughs> you know, uh, I've always come at these topics as somebody who was involved in the UFO alien phenomenon uh, and that these beings were not from here. And when you see his face, you'll see he looks very much alien. Um, 
the original, the original hat man. There's a shift that's going on um, with some of the sightings, but it's not what people think. It is just uh, really, really kind of, I'm still kind of investigating uh, some of the other phenomena that's happening alongside of him. So it's hard to um, really go into details on it right now, but he's not from here. <laughs> so to when say he origins, uh, he yeah. is essentially the devil himself and he'll tell you that. So when did it start to become a reported phenomenon? Because it, it goes back, like you say, a long, long time, like longer than what I think most people realize. Mm. Well, the modern for myself, because I never I never gone back and investigated like the historical. It's a strange thing for myself because I didn't come at this as somebody who, you know, went out into houses and discovered, oh, there goes Hatman. No, um, I remember before this lifetime, strange as that sounds, uh, I remember agreeing to discuss these things in this lifetime. Um, they became a more modern day reported phenomenon when I started speaking on it and put it on my website. And uh, I was a regular on Coast to Coast AM for over 20 years and it blew up all over the world. I mean, at one point, uh, Coast to Coast had 20 million listeners or more. <laughs> so it was uh, easy to, you know, suddenly this explosion and growing of realizing, holy smokes, this is a worldwide thing. And uh, thousands, I received uh, reports the first night I spoke about him and shadow people. And uh, my emails never uh, stopped receiving emails ever since. It's probably in the millions now that people have reported seeing these things modern day. And, you know, I'll tell you, one of the things that I have an understanding too, when it comes to uh, the phenomenon that then the importance and the warning of what's occurring, a lot of people like to dig into the history and they focus on the history and, and it's important to an extent, but right now is so much more important because it's so much more urgent people are getting attacked they're getting mauled they're getting raped abused and killed so um you know digging into history is not as important to me as it is uh, dealing with the emails and the stories that i'm getting today so uh you know a lot of people i'm sure i i know of these stories in the past i've heard it you know it's like but it's really really ingrained in myself like go forward uh not looking backwards yeah, that makes sense. Is so it, it, what you you touched on something a little bit earlier, which I I think is is really interesting. And one of the things that caught my attention in a, a huge sense with this weird phenomenon was the appearance of this figure in different cultures and different communities. It, it, things that aren't associated with the Western culture. You know, the people that wouldn't be, you know, turning on the TV and seeing Western movies and and. Yes. To me, that's what jumps out to me about Hatman um, is that uh, specifically um, uh, uh, Laos, the the people from Laos that ended up coming over to the West and yes. um, were reporting this as a, a phenomenon that was like you were saying, like they were reporting deaths, they were reporting all of these different things. Um, what have you learned about the appearance of this figure in places like that and other communities that just aren't associated with Western culture? Uh, well, it's this Western culture with the Native Americans in a sense, but uh, <laughs> but uh, the Native Americans, they speak on, um, they have different names for this tall, dark man. Uh, sometimes they call him Sam or Walking Sam. Uh, other names uh, that might have distinguished, you know, who and what he was, but the ultimate thing being is uh, the presence, the havoc, uh, the terror that they wreak and uh, attacking in their sleep when their guard is down. Um, natives, I've heard of uh, the Laos, um, you know, the many young people that died all at once and um, and they know of this, this they, I, I hate to use the word sleep paralysis, uh, night terrors and things of that nature, because that's not what's going on. That that became the explanation of the scientific community because, oh my gosh, that Heidi person is talking about this stuff is getting popular. Uh, we gotta like counteract this and say, it's all in your head. Once again, <laughs> you know, never heard the phenomena of sleep paralysis or um, night terrors until 
shadow people got in the millions of um, people discussing it. Um, but yeah, so I've, I've heard from people in Japan, uh, China, believe it or not, I did an interview in China um, because they were having such a problem over there, such a problem. And you know, religion and uh, things of that nature are not discussed. So I had to get on with an illegal network uh, for the internet, <laughs> you know, just to give them some insight on what was going on. Um, so there's there's a lot of different uh, understandings, but the one common thread and, you know, the different names, but one common thread is the threat. Again, I pulled to today because the folks, it's growing at an exponential number. And um, it's something that, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm really distressed about, especially when I get emails from children. Um, you know, mommy thinks I'm crazy. I'm going to a doctor tomorrow. I'm seven years old. I'm like, oh gosh, if you tell me your age, I can't respond, you know? Um, so it was one of the reasons, you know, I'm a cartoonist as well as a therapist. And I, uh, I did a kid's book <laughs> on how to uh, clear out their room and to protect themselves because they're not being believed and they're getting abused by this thing in every kind of way that you can imagine. So, um, you know, it's, it's the it's the common theme and it's the common threat. And I tell people, you know, it's not just a, a matter of if you will experience these things, it is, it's almost a possible, great possibility and a threat that you will. Um, so I, I'm more hoping to put the, the alert, <laughs> you know, to the forefront and um, you know, people go, I mean, Morgan, one of the things that, that I like about you, you, you understand from the inside out of the paranormal phenomena and how uh, people put themselves at risk. They play with these things and they think it's innocent. They think it's something, oh, you just do this on television and no, no, no. Um, it's a good possibility you go and play with fire. Something's going to follow you home if you're not best prepared. So um, I, I'm trying to put that word out there and straighten people out to understand that oh i understand the thrill um but you know these things are just hoping you tap in <laughs> well it, it was interesting because with with this subject i had not heard about it until this was a oh, probably about 16 or so years ago and uh, a colleague of mine uh who's uh, a medium he's brilliant uh and he was he he had a it was living in a house for a while he actually still lives there but the the haunting has settled down quite a bit but it, he ended up uh showing up at one of our our meetings the one day and he said i you know i saw this this really really strange figure in the house and i'd never seen it before and he described this very tall very thin man wearing a, a coat but it was completely black it was completely in silhouette mm -hmm. um with a wide brimmed hat and he's like i don't know who this was i don't know what this was because the the entities that would go in and out of his place we all knew them pretty well we were pretty recurrent and it was the only time he had seen it and it was the and it never it never showed its face again but it was the first time that i'd ever heard of anything like that so oh. when yeah and so and this was say quite a long time ago now but um it was the first time that it kind of drifted into my radar i guess mm. um but you you brought up a, a really interesting uh you know interesting point too about about kids and and belief and, and mike and i i mean we've you and I have talked so many times about this, about, you know, what it is to be a kid and being believed in these situations. Yeah, this is what I was going to ask, too. Um, kid, uh, children seem to be more open to this stuff. And as we're in a as we grow into adulthood, we develop these biases. Maybe they're uh, put into our brains by our parents or society, as it were. So um, how as a how as a, uh, a people can we um help show these kids that it's it's okay to to talk about seeing this stuff you know i i think it's so tragic um how children are being dismissed this way because uh i i've had people who are adults now writing me saying how hatman almost murdered them as a child and their parents didn't believe them and locked them in their room or something and they're fighting to the death it felt like with hatman um, so I, I think that, you know, there's, there's a way to approach these topics without 
seeming scary or spooky. I mean, I talk about these things rather casually, um, having a sense of humor about it, because one thing these evil things hate is <laughs> laughter, uh, a light <laughs> on being in the room, even daytime dealing with them. Um, it, you know, there's so many different approaches that, that can be done. Um, and it's one of the reasons why, you know, as, as a cartoonist, as I was mentioning, I did a cartoon-like book for children and adults on how to um, help with this type of situation. It's called The Hat Man. Um, it's book two on it. Um, and it's, you know, I'm, I'm like really, really stressed about this. Uh, it seems like an epidemic uh, of, of children being approached by this thing. And there's a reason for him approaching children. He gets them conditioned to be used to his presence. Um, mm. So stranger danger. It, big time, but in in the spiritual realm, uh, you know, you've got to up your ante a little bit, and uh, you know, and and letting them be comfortable and speaking on, you know, anything, you know, you feel a little, uh, you know, something, anything in your room, you're sleeping okay, you don't you don't feel anything, and and I think some kids are really hesitant too to open up because Hatman is really conniving, and he's like, I'm your special friend, we're not going to talk about me being here. Um, you know, so I think getting children to open up from the start and being comfortable and anything being out of the norm for them, I think that's highly important. Um, you know, the the whole uh, the whole goal of him is to essentially silence people, um, isolate them, oppress them, depress them, and then possess them. And he's very patient. He'll, he'll take years to get to that point. But I've had several people write me to tell me that, uh, you know, this, this guy, this hat man, you know, he was there all the time. He was always at my door. He was always in my closet. He'd say, good night, you know, or, Hey there, how are you? Just checking, you know, making sure you're okay. And they're just like, good night, roll over in bed. So it's these little nudges to get comfortable with him. And then all of a sudden he's in their bed. Oh, you're here. I, I've had people say they snuggled with him for years growing up. And, uh, and they're like, well, I wasn't afraid of him. But then all of a sudden, he started choking me one night. Or then one night, you know, he threw me, he hit me, or he bit me, or he raped me, you know, so it's a breaking down. And it starts when they're children. And um, it's, it's uh, very much grooming like a pedophile. Uh, he's a peeper. Um, oftentimes people catch him looking in some, somebody else's uh, house and he'll feel that you're watching. I, I got horrible stories about that. And people are like, I saw this thing, you know, gosh, he was seven feet tall, eight feet tall. He could be 12 feet tall. I've had 15 feet tall. Um, he comes into the house. He's so tall. His back, he's hunched over. His back is touching the ceiling. Um, it's, it's disgusting. And, um, just absolutely horrific with the things in the process that he does to get people to let their guard down. And, you know, it's also important to know, you know, people are like, well, <laughs> who is he? They'll ask me in, in, in the emails and they'll answer their own question. They're like, he's the devil, isn't he? Why did the devil come to me? What did I do? And um, it's nothing they did usually. I mean, sure, there's sometimes people are like, hey, I was, I dug up something at the graveyard, you know, and I was doing incantations like, oh, oh, don't be surprised what you get then, you know, but those are the minority, believe it or not. Uh, it's the people who are gifted, who have insight, unlike others. Um, he tries to block the evolution of mankind. He's trying to limit that. And uh, it, it's, it's amazing. Uh, how often I get those types of emails. And if I could get into a conversation with these folks, well, yeah, I've had angel encounters. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've seen ghosts. <laughs> it's like, ah, you, you do have a, a gift, whether it's like at the level of psychic mediumship, you know, where you're charging for it or not, but they have something. And oftentimes creative folks, artists, musicians, writers, well, it's interesting too, is that with, because uh, I find this in my field all the time where, where people kind of use whatever they can to relate to what they're seeing. So, you know, you'll have a Christian, say, for example, you know, use that 
imagery, right? Like I saw an angel or I saw a devil or I saw something, you know, and then yet, you know, you go to another culture and the other culture says, you know, oh, I saw, you know, this God or that God. And, and it's the same phenomenon, right? And then it's just like they're interpreting that through the lens of whatever culture or religion that they're, uh, that they're used to, right? They're, however they frame the world. Um, and I've, I'm finding as I'm, I'm reading more into this phenomenon that that seems to be what's happening here is that we've got sort of this, this interesting global phenomenon mm. of all these people seeing these things. Um, and what I found really fascinating was that a lot of this comes during um, the hypnagogic or hypnopompic sleep states, which is often uh, sometimes associated with sleep paralysis and stuff like that. But yet, it's a it's a a global it's a global phenomenon so it's not like it's a very specific ph phenomenon related you know say okay this culture is interpreting you know this phenomenon as you know a hat man versus something that's happening over here as a you know i don't know a, the hag sitting on <laughs> on their chest or something like that mm -hmm. and i found that was really interesting was that they they it there's there's a lot of studies right now that I've been paying close attention to and I think the parapsychology world's been paying close attention to and that is the these these imagery this imagery that seems to be coming up in the hypnagogic state and the hypnopompic state and for the audience hypnopompic is that state where you're just um, popping out of sleep and hypnagogic is that state where you're just falling into sleep um, and they're realizing that how the brain is actually interpreting information and images and stuff like that may not be as simple as straight up hallucination that there there is oftentimes concrete fact to what people are seeing and experiencing and i found it really interesting that 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 seems to be the time the time and space in which hatman seems to be appearing with people as well so i, I thought or, that was fascinating or just the time that they're actually taking note exactly <laughs> like they're they're the in tune time. at that point right yeah, yeah they're yeah. in tune at that point and yes. like so it's it's interesting to me where you've got something that is you know cross-cultural that is something that is global you know that is occurring during these specific these specific sleep states and whatnot and then people are reporting the uh, uh, very very similar things um oh. as you were saying mm-hmm um well, yeah go ahead oh no, i was just gonna say um you know the different interpretations culturally the the interesting part is they're recognizing hat man as being the same as what they recognize in their culture however you know yeah. so they're connecting the dots i'm not reaching out to them you know yeah. <laughs> they're reaching out to me and all all nations and um and so it's the same phenomena it's the same feel it's the same but you know Hatman is, of course, wise to where he's at and where he's showing up. And he's told people, my name is Scratch. Well, that's an old Norse term for the devil, old, mm -hmm. you know, old Scratch. Um, and more interesting, you'll get a kick out of this. He's calling himself the Hatman. Wow. The name I gave him, you know, I, what what a feeling to have trademarked the devil. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh, that just like because people are i'm like how oh, how'd you know to look for this i'll ask people how'd you know to look for this well he told me his name was hat man i'm like oh this son of a oh i'm just i have a really um i get such a rage towards him and it's personal it's really personal because i i i know this character he knows me um and it's like you know i'm nobody special i i i know certain things i know what i'm supposed to be doing with the warning about these things but um it just really really ticks me off that he gets as close as he does to people that he gets messages through to me um i, I mean i could give you a quick example i'm, I'm an occupational therapist work in various uh, places hospitals and whatnot and um i i would pop all over chicago working and uh, you know, the other therapists, physical therapists, speech pathologists, every once in a while, they're like, hey, you're that therapist that writes those odd books, you know, and they'll add me, ask, ask me like these different types of questions. And that happened one time. And 15 minutes later, physical therapist had to get a, a patient down to work in between the parallel bars. And it's surrounded by mirrors. And I heard the screams of the PT, the physical therapist. And she's like, come here, come here, come here. I go there. And here's the patient leaning in towards the mirror saying, who's this man talking to me 
in a different language and he's putting his ear to the mirror it's like out of a horror movie we couldn't see it and i was like oh. and i leaned down i said sir is he wearing a hat well yeah you must see him he's right there he's right behind you i'm like i just spoke of him and he just showed up um so he lets me know he hears me he hears me talking and um right after i put out my my book uh this this one right here uh the hat man book it was it two weeks after i put it out um the two girls that attacked their uh their friend uh, slender man that's wasn't slender man uh <laughs> you know they're saying that um over in wisconsin where they tried it they're like they're 12 year olds and they attacked the third girl i don't know if you heard about yep. that story um and uh it, it happened a 15 minute drive from my family's home right after I put that book out um Hatman never came at me so many times until i was writing a book specific to him i mean i have another book that has him in it but really 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 personal stuff so it's um you know it's like game on <laughs> i'm just aiming to really help and educate folks on this uh to the greatest extent because it's it's so it's so disturbing the patterns the patterns are horrific so what do you think the significance is of this particular form in people's minds this idea of of the hat and the pocket watch and this the <laughs> suit like what would like do you think that this is something that because what i've what i here's what i've learned in in terms of parapsychology and and this phenomenon is that typically things that are are manifested don't often have a different source of information and that what they're doing often is that they repeat the information that's already evolved. So, for example, we saw it in the Philip experiment, where you know something, a group of people were able to to manifest this this identity that they called Philip, and but Philip could only answer questions based off of what the other people knew. Yes. Uh -huh. So I like I kind of wonder if that might be something that might be applied here, where because you know if you you put something like a book out or something like that, and now all of a sudden that's termed. Right. And it's like if this if this is a manifestation that is you know, being manifested based off of people's consciousness, for example, then it's repeating back the information that's being fed to it. Because and we, we see that we see that with with other with other entities as well. So I don't know, like it's, it kind of it kind of makes me wonder about that. Yeah. Yeah. I've had other people that have suggested, you know, uh, <laughs> this is a projection and, you know, others are picking up on it. And it's like but it's kind of the opposite because. I get so many emails from folks that are just like, I thought I was alone. I had no idea, you know, that this was, <laughs> this was a thing, you know, like it just so happened or this or that. And, you know, it was, it was a, a kind of magical, but not in a good way in the beginning where the realization, you know, of thousands at once going, oh, you know, this is, this is a thing. This is a, a problem. Um, you know, to, to say from my perspective and my understanding, uh, more again, back to like my modern understanding of, of, of this phenomenon is Hatman can make himself appear as whatever he wants, but he's not changing it up that much where, you know, it's him. He wants you to recognize him. He wants you to see him shadow beings, if you see them they might jump on you um or they might run out of the way you know they kind of go off in a wisp or something uh, oftentimes um they don't like to be seen as much but hat man oh he'll wait for you to get a good look um you know and and smile letting you know he's there now letting you know that he understands you're observing him uh let you tell you something not always but he doesn't always come in at nighttime either he's walking around in the daytime uh he's he's out and about he's standing at the side of the road right after you had a car accident laughing um you know he's uh, when you're choking in your sleep you know think you got something in, in your throat it's him laughing uh you know mm -hmm. you're it's it i've had people that are scared to within an inch of their lives because he is beating them throwing them across the room uh, I had one guy who was getting thrown up in the air to, in front of the neighbors into the garbage cans and just fighting for his life, you know, screaming and the neighbors are all watching and his family's watching. And oh, it, I, I get such chills with some of the stuff. And it's like, just when they, 
they they give up like just kill me already just kill me and that's when he takes his fist and punches it through their chest and pulls their soul out you know uh, and 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 just laughing like your god's not going to help you now it's really specific <laughs> to mention things like that and um yeah it's it's sick it's it's really twisted um so his goal he's feeding off from people he's also just taking it to a level that, um, you know, it's like, I, I'm, I'm not a Bible thumper, but I'm realistic. (laughs) And it's like, uh, I I have a Christian background. I do say I'm Christian. And the only thing I'd known to keep him at bay, the name of Jesus, he doesn't like it. You know, he doesn't, um, having any amount of faith to it. He doesn't like it either. It doesn't like a nightlight on though. He will come in the daytime sometimes too, but, um, Anything that reflects positive um, and to exude that helps to repel him. Um, and it's, you know, it's uh, coming from having the background that I do and the whole alien phenomenon and whatnot, positive alien being contact is what I had. And uh, the beings telling me and recognizing the name of Jesus, this, this power, this source, this part of the whole, you know, um, being the the only chance to help push this negative thing this dark force away there's a light source there's a dark source and um it sounds like the battle of all battles and unfortunately that's where we're kind of headed and it and it's like no it might not play out like we've thought in ancient texts uh different religious beliefs but the truth is we're experiencing this stuff people feel threatened um children feel threatened it's leaving marks it's scarring people for life whether they seen it every day for 40 years or once at 40 years ago they're scarred they're afraid he'll ever return that's how powerful his presence is and without knowing his name without knowing anything about him they're saying he's the devil isn't he like that's them saying this that is the ultimate darkness right there isn't he and um you know, I had a handful of people. There's like, uh, you know, people trying to get this this understanding. Like, but he's been there, and he hasn't scared me. So he's kind of like a guardian, maybe a guardian angel, because he just watches me while I sleep. And like, <laughs> he's gonna up the ante at some point. He's studying you to find his way in. And um, yeah, it's it's a it's an awful thing that's going on out there. And uh, all I know is to try to wake people up to this understanding to be ready and resort to your faith resort to the positive aspects i've had friends that are uh, jewish and um, muslim and other beliefs and uh and they're faced with these things and they're like well well heidi i don't believe in jesus so what do i do i'm like call on god you believe in god is that positive (laughs) throw that at him he won't like it and um you know just put your ethereal foot down and um do you think there's some UFO connection with this? Because I like I keep yeah. reading about that as well. Is that there there might be some sort of UFO or Men in Black connection to to something like this? From the start, my first book I wrote it in '97. It's called The Secret War, and I wrote of shadow people for the first time in that book only from the perspective of the connection with aliens, um, like the beings that I had connections with, the negative beings that grays have been seen right alongside of hat man (laughs) you know or shadow beings um the morphing into this they do similar things by the way coming through the walls paralyzing people making them feel terror feeding off from it observing it or whatever it is and hat man without his hat he looks like an alien his face looks like an alien um so yeah direct i mean i've said it from the start it's not a new uh a new concept. I've heard people say that's a newer concept. I'm like 1997. I've talked about it from the start. It's straight up alien connection. It, he is not from here. He is not from here, not other realm, off planet, off world. Um, and just like humans, they want the land. They want to control the people. They want to, they just want the whole enchilada essentially. So um, it's age old. It's, um, yeah, it's it's just one of those guttural, low down, deep, dirty things that uh, I think inspires a whole lot of things from the dark source. And he is numero uno. <laughs> I don't know, Mike, what do you think? 
I'm just like hoping that I never see this guy. <laughs> uh, somebody who has never seen him and has never had an experience, how can we protect ourselves? How can we move forward with protecting ourselves preventatively rather than wait until this creep shows up in our bedroom in the middle of the night? If you're a friend of mine, Mike, I will tell you, because I warn people, I've warned family and friends, coworkers, because I got this thing it's threatening all the time and it goes after my friends and family morgan we're friends right okay so not anymore (laughs) i don't know who this person is yeah i'm gonna hang up now (laughs) so um so it's important that people protect the first where they lay their head because he tries to uh get inside your head and he'll start with dreams sometimes nightmares whatever it is uh, thinking you saw something in the corner of your eye i'm like must be a big bug no he has minions you know they made that into a cartoon but his minions the shadow people they work for him he'll send those in sometimes but um to protect yourself and if you've got the problem of him showing up bless your surroundings and uh you know i don't care if you're renting a a room at, at your your the, your home or whatever bless it and i have on my uh, facebook group it's called shadow people and hat man experiencer um and i have it pinned there how to go through and methodically bless your property um and also take the blessing with you like you won't see me you won't see me without my cross because i use this and my blessing and so wherever I go, I'm, I'm protected, but also, you know, just in general, I keep my prayer and um, protection up in, in that way. But, um, you know, because these things will follow you to work, like for me, and they'll follow you, you know, going out to the p- playground, whatever it is. Um, so blessing, blessing your, your, your property, if it has gotten in where it's a, a bit more um, to the level of a possession, you need others to help bless you. Um, so that is a a whole other level of, of issues that has to be addressed, um, if it gets to that. And, um, but yeah, definitely starts with blessing your property. And, you know, I, I, like I I was saying, I I put in my, um, secret war book, I put in the hat man books to both of them on how to do that as well. But if people write me uh, through my site, HeidiHollis.com or shadowfolks.com, and they ask for it, I send it to them because it's like, you know, people are like, well, how much do you charge to help? I'm like, I don't know how to put a price tag on somebody's soul <laughs> because yeah. that's what he's after. I'm not going to stop and say that'll be 50 bucks. No, um, you know, I, I, I've been blessed with a, a good career as a therapist. And, you know, I remember again, I, it sounds so odd, but I remember before I was born, not through hypnosis. <laughs> Uh, and what I came here for, and this is part of it. And uh, as many people as I can help, I'm trying. And uh, and my podcast too, Dark Becomes Light. I welcome people to tell me any story that they've experienced or heard of, um, researched um, from positive to negative, and you know we'll we'll chat on it, see if we get some ideas or resolution or understandings about it. Um, nobody has all the answers. If you do, <laughs> run from that person if you see somebody that says that. Yeah. Uh, cause we're all just kind of, you know, hoping for the best, but you know, such as this world. <laughs> well, Heidi, where can people find your book? Tell them about that. Oh, I have eight books. Um, so yeah, you're, you, you've done, you've been busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've got eight books out and I have six more waiting to be published, working on a seventh. Uh, so Heidi Hollis.com, uh, or shadowfolks.com, or they could go to anywhere books are sold and. Um, you know, find the secret war book. Um, uh, Jesus is no joke. Um, <laughs> the faith, the other F word. Uh, I've got so many books out there. Um, it's It's been fun. But the Hatman books, I think, are more appropriate for this topic. Of course, I have book one and book two. And um, yeah, so I mean, it, we're all in this together. And, uh, you know, if my neighbor is, is going down with these dark things, I'm going to jump into the fire and try to help him out because we have to we got to be each other's uh, protector and shoulder to lean on so we, we've got to talk about these things more and uh realize we're surrounded and chances are increasing it, per warning from uh <laughs> the, the beings that i i remember and i know um this is going to get worse and we just gotta realize that 
God has our back and it's okay to have faith. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, you know, I know that there's a lot of static uh, with the different um, belief structured uh, systems out there. Um, but it's not about that. It's about you and your understanding of something positive, having your back and God and being Christian Jesus for me. So, um, so, I mean, it's okay. I, people are so comfortable saying, I just saw the devil. What do I do, Heidi? It's like, oh, but I don't get into that religious stuff. I'm like, always, I get that a lot. You just did. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, you just call this the devil, right? I'm like, yeah. you know, why is it so hard to say, you know, <laughs> the, the polar opposite? You better hope mm. there's a polar opposite because you're screwed. Throw a shoe at it then because I can't help you. <laughs> Do you recommend it if people start with your book, The Secret War? Is that the best place to start? Um, it, to get the understanding of the alien connection um, and mm -hmm the basis of the shadow people and how the hat man is involved in it. It's the whole, I was in college. I wrote this um, while I was dealing and being met with all of this. I was being absolutely slammed with, you know, I'm just trying to get through school. It's, you know, it's like med school. I'm like, give me a break. What is in my apartment again? I had friends sleeping over just to watch. I'm like, this is not fun, you know? So yeah, if they want to read the whole madness, go for it. The Secret War, it used to be called The Heaven Speak of the Battle, but this, uh, the subtitle I changed to be um, uh, the real true story about a real alien war and shadow people um because it it was it was madness and um you know i'm glad i got resolution and i'm able to share and uh you know give some understanding out there because it's a it's a crazy world and i'm afraid that a lot of people are getting lost in it and losing the battle silently you know the, yeah. the big war in the sky is happening in the privacy of our own homes and it's being put as something scientific uh in our brains only you know Oh, you're just having a nightmare as it's preying on your soul. <laughs> oh, frustrating, but yeah. Well, we're glad you're still with us and not in a padded room somewhere. Uh, no. <laughs> I'm too smart for that. <laughs> no, that wouldn't happen. Uh, you know, that's another another key: having a sense of humor, keeping it on the level, and, and just talking about these things like you would any other topic. You know, and mm -hmm. uh, being making yourself available. I mean. It's nothing different about me just treating this like I would anything else, you know, and one swing at a time. <laughs> right, Morgan? That's it, man. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Heidi, for being here. It's been awesome. Thank you. This has been a blast. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to throw in an extra prayer that you both don't get surrounded by anything that's from the dark <laughs> source. How's that? Hey, I'll always <laughs> take a prayer. All right. Awesome. All right. I'll sprinkle some Jesus on it for you. <laughs> Thanks, Heidi. Thank you. Thank you. Here's Morgan for this episode's segment of Spiritual Health Care. In this episode's edition of Spiritual Health Care, the segment of the show where you get to be the creator and designer of your paranormal and spiritual experience, we're going to tell you about a process called the notes to future self process. This process works best when you're already feeling good, but you want to work on some self-care. We've come to understand that there is no future or past. Everything happens in the now moment. Even when we think we are imagining a future state, that state will only be another now moment when it happens. To prepave that now, create a box to hold some notes, or you can use post-its and hang these where you'd like. Then find a quiet place and write a note to your future self. A prompt might be, now that I have, or you've accomplished so much, like, none of these things have to be something that has already happened. These can be intentions you set, or notes that will help you in your upcoming experiences. What purpose the notes serve will determine how you keep them. Hang them on your wall or have them set aside in a box for a later opening. Remember, these aren't reminders to do a task like the laundry or warnings not to repeat a mistake or chastise yourself, but rather encouragement or affirmations that you can fall back on when needed. You can add to this process every day or designate a few times a week whatever feels best to you, and you can return to them whenever you need a reminder 
that you are amazing. You need nothing to be happy, but you need something to be sad. Remember, at the end of seeking, all is consciousness. Stay in peace, everyone. Your future self will thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Supernatural Circumstances, a co-production of Entity Seeker Paranormal Research and Teachings and Good Egg Studios. This podcast is part of the Curious Cast podcast network. Theme music by Corey Johnson of Catalyst Records in Edmonton, Alberta. You can find out more about Morgan Knudsen at EntitySeeker.ca and more about me and listen to my other show at DarkPatine.com. Feel free to email the show at supernaturalcircumstances at gmail.com. Good night for now.